0: Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set records around the world. And then as we always do, we break those records. My name is Jody Jenkins. And my name is Tony Clement. And we are excited for this episode of Fun Guest. We're looking forward to having a wonderful conversation. And Tony, I know that I'm fresh from a vacation now. I think you're refreshed. We played golf the other day, not together, but at the same event.
1: Congratulations on a wonderful golf tournament. You raised a lot of money for a good
0: cause. Yeah, we had our fifth annual JT Classic Pro-Am raising funds for our local homeless shelter called the Grace Inn. And of course, another facility uh, that's very integral to our community called the Enrichment Center for Mental Health. So doing a lot of good things for people around the Quinty region. And thanks to you, Tony, for being a part of that. And I know you had a fun day and you didn't win, but you had fun.
1: Yeah, we did. But our pro did very well. He came in tied for second or something like that.
0: Yeah. Ryan Borg, a uh, young pro up and coming in the ranks, uh, did very well. Shot a minus three. Unbelievable in those windy conditions that 10 under was the winning score that day by Jake McNulty of Oshawa. Shot a 62. Just crazy.
1: Way to go, Jake McNulty. That's amazing
0: okay let's uh thank our sponsors of course uh this show is presented by municipal solutions john mutton and the crew uh who's now enjoying the married life uh with anna and i know that they've been posting some awesome pictures he has quite the cat or they have a a cool cat yeah
1: yeah and they they take cat everywhere
0: yeah like, like it's a but it's like a mini what do they call those cats it's like a like a little tiger or a little leopard or something like it's called a bengal cat or something
1: oh really i I, like a persian cat or something
0: i don't know yeah it's not a regular it's not like a regular domestic cat there's something special about it well
1: of course it's safe for for muttonator and anaconda it can't be just a regular cat
0: (laughs) anyway municipal solutions are presenting sponsor i know you'll share a little bit more about that and then of course we'll thank our other sponsors as well
1: Yeah, municipal solutions for all your municipal solutions needs. Of course, they are there for development services and project management, development approvals, uh, permit expediting, planning services. Gosh, I'm sure there's people that need that help uh, negotiating with municipalities for planning services and engineering services, architectural services, minor variances, land severances, and of course the all-important building permits for all your Municipal Solutions needs. Go to municipalsolutions.ca and talk to John Mutton and his team. And then, of course, PolyTrack is also a sponsor, Jody. Chris and the gang at PolyTrack offer Government Relations Pros, a secure hub to store their advocacy data. This includes stakeholder contract details, engagement reports, key messages, it also includes advocacy data at your fingertips, which means less compliance and reporting time. Therefore, you can grow your practice uh, practice time and means more money in the till for you. So visit polytrackwithaq.com. Mention and another thing podcast when you sign up, you receive their white glove onboarding service, free, 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 including tutorial and Q and A for your team. So all you GR pros out there, check out Polytrack. Dot com. And finally, the Magnify Video Widget is here, Jody. It's here amongst us. It is crisp, clear, secure video collaboration your way. You can embed and customize the Magnify Video Widget on your own website in minutes or run it from your own browser on the Magnify app. It is easy and secure. So visit uh and uh, you can also find them on Twitter at magnify underscore IO.
0: We also have an exclusive partnership with looneypolitics.com, your one stop website for everything to do in the world of politics. And if you use the code podcast, you will get 50% off an annual subscription, which gives you access to exclusive articles, exclusive videos, and exclusive podcasts, including, and another thing, wow. you won't be able to hear it anywhere else but on Politics. Dot .com so make sure you head over there and do that right now and and I was told Tony I think you were cc'd on that email I I messaged uh, Robert Wood from Looney Politics about you know how our first couple episodes did he said that 90% of the MPs and senators listen to our program
1: well that's very gratifying Jody maybe they'll learn a thing or two
0: <laughs> yeah now does that mean does that mean like 90% of all of them or is that just one particular party I,
1: I don't know I yeah. hope it's uh, I hope it's all of them that would yeah. be wonderful.
0: Yeah so hopefully they continue to listen. that's uh, hopefully they don't stop. Uh, okay, we have a fun guest today. I'll let you introduce him but I'm excited for this one.
1: Well, uh, thank you Jody and it is and another thing podcast absolute pleasure to welcome to the program Mr. Spider Jones. he is a legendary Canadian journalist. He is an author. He is a former boxer, a three-time golden Glove. A uh, champion uh, who, uh, of course, was inducted into the Canadian Boxing Hall of Fame in 1996. He rose from the from the poor, gang-infested projects of Detroit to uh, become what he is today—a a real success. Uh, in his interview life as a journalist, he's interviewed the likes of Muhammad Ali, Ma- Mark Wahlberg, Jesse Jackson, LL Cool J, Ron Howard, and more. And he was a member of Mr. Ali's training camp when he fought George Shavalo. A few stories there, I'm sure. And, of course, he is now an advocate, and we really want to hear about this for sure. He's an advocate for the Believe to Achieve organization, a youth outreach uh, service uh, and a charity. And he's doing lots of good work. So welcome, Mr. Spider-Jones.
2: Welcome. Gentlemen, it's my honour. Thank you for
1: having me. It's, it's our honor, and um, I want to make sure that we cover some of your past, but also some of your present. So we definitely want to talk about uh, Believe to Achieve. But uh, obviously, you have interviewed and have worked with Muhammad Ali. So it, you, I guess my first question is, tell us what you learned from Muhammad Ali. What, what sort of person was he? What sort of life lessons uh, did you pick up? Uh, I'd love to hear a couple of stories there.
2: I was training at the uh, uh sully's gym in 1966 i wasn't actually a member of his camp okay uh i don't know how that happened but I, I was involved when he came to the gym i had trained at sully's gym at that particular time it was on ausington just north of queen about a block and uh, he came to fight my good friend, fellow who of uh the Lansdowne gym, so uh, it was quite an honor because uh, at that particular time, Muhammad Ali was probably the most uh, prominent figure in the world in terms of uh, fame and and what he stood for, and he was also a a, a great fighter, undefeated at that time, Uh, and um, when he trained there, I actually got a chance to spar with him. I didn't help prepare him for George Chavala. I'm on straight because that's got, got me into uh, hot water uh, because of uh, suggestions that I was one of his personal sparring partners. No, what I, I had the honor of uh, uh, getting a chance to climb in the ring with him and spar. And uh, basically it was just a, uh, uh, a thing where he... <laughs> he just played around with me. He could have took me out any second, but he didn't. That wasn't his style. Uh, he didn't care if he won in a sparring session or not. Mostly what he did was tell me to push him and push him, and I just uh, sort of worked on his body going to the corners and along the ropes and keep telling me to hit him harder. But the fact that uh, I can tell my grandchildren uh, that I sparred with the greatest uh, – I mean, that's just something you never forget. But I, what I learned about Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali is basically a metaphor. Boxing is a metaphor for life, Tony, uh, for me, Jody. It's a, it's a metaphor for life because the great fighters like Muhammad Ali and Rocky Marciano and, and of course, Sugar Ray Robinson and uh, Marvin Hagler, all of them, they got knocked down. They got back up and into the battle. Right. Guys like Matthew Pacquiao and Larry Holmes, they got back into the battle. That's why they win, and life is like that. No matter when you're down, get up, beat the count, get back up and into the battle. Mom and Ellie also taught me, just watching him, uh, game plan, he would spend hours and hours uh, going over film of his fight the fighters. So he had a game plan. It's very important in life, and I teach my young people that. But uh, another thing he he said to me that I never forgot was, Bob and Ali loved music. Sam Cooke was his favorite singer, uh, but his favorite song was "Stand By Me." And of course, me uh, growing up in a family that day, we sang all the time, we we sang around the house, we sang in church, and one of my favorite songs was "Stand By Me." So whenever I'd sing it, uh, he would. Uh, uh, he would—he'd start singing it with me, and 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 wherever I, I'd run into him, even years later, he would say, "There's Spider Jones. Sing, stand by me, and i would sing it." <laughs> and then. One, one day, I started sharing music history with him. I started telling him about how Sam Cooke started out with a golf, group called Soulsters, or, or how Wilson Pickett uh, at that time started out with a group called the Falcons. And and he was amazed that I knew so much about music. And I told him that I wanted to be a boxing, uh, I mean, I wanted to be a, 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 uh, a disc jockey like the late Alan Freed or Wolfman Jack. That's our Dick Clark. That's what I wanted to be, and and he and he said, "But why aren't you doing it?" And I told him, I said, "Look, man," and I never forget him. I said, "It's a a white male dominated industry, and at that time there were no blacks in mainstream radio." And so I got you know people, a lot of kids I grew up with in the environment, it uh, was very negative, and they, they would laugh when I would say that. Mama, and he said, "Man." I'm the heavyweight champion of boxing. You could be the heavyweight champion of the airwaves. (laughs) He said, you know all about music. That's your your destiny. And don't let nobody take it away from you. you got to fight for everything you want in life. Nobody's going to give you nothing, man. And he said, next time I come up here, I want you to be in radio. I'll never forget that. It took me a few years uh, before that happened, but he was an inspiring type of person. Uh, he was black Muslim, but there was no racist, There was not a racist bone in his body. He loved children. He loved people of all colors and all religions, and that's why he was so beloved.
1: That's amazing. I, I mean that that that's got to stay with you for your entire life, I'm sure. And I gotta I, just to add on to that, though. I mean, as 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 has been said, you you were you grew up in the tough side of Detroit, the tough side of, of, of Windsor, maybe. You know a lot of street lessons I'm actually,
2: I'm, I'm actually Canadian I, my mother was my mother's people are American my oh, okay
1: people, yeah
2: underground railroads but I lived in Detroit for many years and before I moved to Toronto I was living in the west side of Detroit and that was at the time when they had the uh, uh, they had all uh, the, uh, the homicide rate was just really skyrocketing about the six to
1: 700 people and that was back in the uh, mid 60s. So what what lessons uh, did you did you learn about about life from that kind of existence?
2: Well, you know, I, I, I learned that you, your education is so important. Most of the people that I associated with back then were negative. They had that, and they had I mean, that. They had a right to be in a sense. I mean, they, they just didn't see any hope. Uh, uh, racism was, was just rampant. This was an American western, I mean, American northern city. Uh, police brutality was just uh, uh, just out of, uh, it was just out of, uh, they were way over line. Uh, but I, I, I knew that if I stayed in that area, I'd never grow. Right. I'd never personally grow. The opportunities weren't there. I mean, there were opportunities in the in, in the auto industry, but that wasn't my thing, Tony. I always wanted to be in music, and 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 uh, and, I, and I and I learned even back then that uh, uh, that wasn't going to happen. Uh, living in Detroit uh, or in Windsor. And so I moved to Toronto. The first time I came here was in '63. I came up with a, a former wrestler by the name of Abdullah the Butcher.
1: <laughs> I think and, I remember uh, that name, yeah.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. His real name was Larry Streve. He was from Windsor, but he, he, he became a. Uh, you know, I struggled and uh, got in some trouble, ended up going to Millbrook. And, uh, uh, you know, I didn't turn my life around until I got out of uh, jail. And then uh, I spent a few years jumping from job to job, just, just trying to find find out where I belonged. And that's very difficult when you're around negative people and around, in, in an environment which is, which is hopeless. You don't believe in the system. You don't believe in your government. You don't believe in anything. And, and I, don't, I don't want to live the rest of my life like that. So I sort of learned that if you want to uh, uh, succeed in life, you have to be around people that are like-minded, people that want to succeed. Even if you don't have a game plan, that way you learn from watching these people how they made it. I, and I realized back then, too, listen, you think I'm the first guy from poverty? Or the first guy that's that's a that's, that's, uh. uh, uh what been been experienced in in poverty and 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 and, uh, and, and that type of thing? Uh, people from all over the world have overcome poverty. There's so many great stories out there, and I began to read them, especially when I was in jail. and And I remember the first book I ever read was by Harold Robbins. It was called "A Stone for Danny Fisher." And I and, uh, became a voracious reader after that because Danny Fisher was a Jewish kid whose father lost everything during the Depression and ended up uh, uh, moving to a very uh, tough part of a seedy part of the city. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Danny Fisher got involved with the mob and died young and I, I but I identified with him because I got involved too I was a, I was a at the time but I got involved with with, with the wrong people and can not blame them I mean that was my choice and I think that's another thing I learned you have to hold yourself accountable for what you do and move on you have to do that and until you can do that you're not going to move
1: on uh, uh spider this is really interesting I got I've got a question for you then maybe Jody's going to hop in but Uh, Obviously, I want you to talk about Believe to Achieve, some of the stuff you're doing for the youth outreach that you're doing. Uh, Obviously, your past has helped animate what you're doing now and what you have done for the youth uh, of society, and I I want our audience to know what you're up to. So please explain uh, Believe to Achieve.
2: When I eventually graduated from uh... At Seneca College, I was 35 years old, and within a year, I had my own coast-to-coast television co-hosting a show with George Chevalon called Famous Knockouts, which opened a lot of doors for me, and uh, uh, from there, I went into radio. I got my first job out of CHWO, small station, which is now Zoomer, but at that time, it was in Oakville, and I did, you know, did the show that would come on from 10 o'clock to 2 in the morning, it was called The Spider's Web, and we would call it. We're bringing the nitty gritty back to the city, you know, <laughs> Spider's old style. And so I play all the old tunes and have people make requests, anniversary birthdays, and that, it got so popular that Jerry Gladman, God rest his soul, decided to write an article on me in the Toronto Sun about the Spider bringing the nitty gritty back to the city, and and it made the it made they did a whole page, and then from there I got a job over at uh, 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 the Fan Five ninety just. I made the transition from uh, a, a music to sports radio. right? And so I got a job there working the, 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 the midnight shift. And I talked about some of the things that happened in my life and, and how I turned it around and how anybody could. It just became sort of a natural instinct to share that with people. And then I started getting calls. I got a call from a teacher who asked me to, come out and speak to his kids. Some of them were having problems, high school students. I said, I don't know what to say. such. Just, just tell them your story. And I began to tell my story back in the 90s about, you know, uh, the poverty struggle poverty, failing grade three and grade four, uh, getting off a both uh, depression, so I mean, I had mental problems, depression and, and, and a learning disability, which uh, uh, initiated me to fund grade four and grade five. And and I went back to school and, and, and went uh, first and then back to school. And Tony, when I went back to school, I got to tell you, I didn't believe I could make it. Nobody else did. I never finished anything in my life. Wow. But I wanted to give it a shot because I was at that age where I began to regret the fact that I wasn't living my dream and, and that I wasn't doing anything about it. And there are many people out there like that. So when I start speaking to kids about that and told them my history and then how I brought my dream into reality, and, you know, I have I mean, I've ordered the Premier's Award, the Order of Ontario, and I was knighted, and I'm, I'm, you, I'm just dropping these things off to kids. And I'm saying, you know, and, and I'm pumping them up. And they're becoming inspired. But there's one problem here, folks. They are inspired, so we set a flame, but you got to feed that flame. Right. So through Believe to Achieve, we opened up the Spider's Web Youth Empowerment Center, which is located up in the north end of the city on Chalk Farm. That's the Jane Wilson area. Uh, with a wonderful family uh, that owns uh, a corporation called Greenwind Property Management. And so we we got together and we opened that center up about 10 years ago. And we call it an empowerment center because we empower young people with life skills. We have a homework program. We have a a music program. We We have our large kitchen we cook in. We have a computer program. We have sports programs. We, we we teach them communication, but most of all we develop that self esteem and that self worth. Because many of these young people up in that area, they're ashamed to even say. oh, I live in the Jane Finch area. Yeah. There's a lot of good things going on up there that people don't under people maybe aren't be aware of. And so we're developing that sense of humor. I mean that humor, <laughs> that that sense in them of, uh, that they they are worth their dream, because if you're not, if you don't feel you're worth it, if you don't believe in it, then how do you expect others to believe in it? So we teach them that and we teach them how to develop that self-esteem and the life skills so that, and develop the game plans, you setting goals and you'd be amazed how many of these young people have went from special ed right into mainstream regular classes because we spent the time with them.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. Jody, do you want to hop in here?
0: Yeah, some excellent stories there and some great work, Spider, that you're doing. It's uh, awesome to hear about that. I wanted to just quickly ask you a question about uh, the sport of boxing. I'm going to assume you still follow it to some degree. And I wanted to get your thoughts on what seems to be a transition, or, and maybe you'll correct me, maybe it's always been like this, but a transition into these bouts that can make the most money and i'll give you a couple examples the latest one being when mayweather got into the ring with youtube sensation logan paul and i'm just curious do you are you a fan of these like i don't want to really call it celebrity matches because i mean logan paul trained he had no chance against mayweather but it does seem that it's going a little bit overboard with just trying to cash in on a huge payday what are your thoughts on all that
2: well, first of all, let me let me tell you, I, I don't follow boxing nearly as much as I used to because, uh, you know, going up in the 60s and 70s, we were all spoiled. We had Muhammad Ali and Ray Leonard and Roberto Duran and Marvin Hagler and Tommy Hearns. We had all the great fighters, Larry Holmes. Uh, uh, you know, today, they're far and in between, number one. Number two, these guys are hustlers. And you know what? They're not breaking any laws. I'm not into it, but I gotta say, uh, full value to them for hustling. If you want, to, a lot of people are into it and they're taking advantage of it. Now Logan Paul and his brother Jake, these guys are good athletes. Don't get me wrong, but they're taking they're they're fighting washed up fighters. If those guys climbed in the ring with a guy that could punch, uh, uh, they wouldn't last that long. There are guys out there that would need them alive you know, you're going after a washed up fighter. You're Not You don't see them challenging any top ten fighters but um, yeah, then neither would I. But I gotta tell you something <laughs> straight up if somebody bought a meet fighter a celebrity match and I was offered uh, uh, a few million dollars I'd come I'm seventy seven. I get in shape. I'm in shape now but wow. i mean who wouldn't it? It, it's a way to make I could do uh, a lot more with my with my our uh, youth center because our youth center we actually haven't Went to the government for one thing, and Tony, you got to be—you got—you know—you've been involved for years in public service, so you'd know, you know, uh, how many of them come there for the government support. We have every nickel I've got for that center for ten years to come out of corporate Canada, our, our partners and our sponsorship. We haven't went to the government for a nickel yet. So, I mean, if I had a chance to make a couple million dollars. I could do a whole lot more with my center and, and help more children. So I got no problem with it. If that's, I mean, you know what, that, if that's what you want, go ahead. I watched it after on uh, YouTube because I they wouldn't get my money because I knew I pretty much know how, it would, how it would end.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Hey, I got to ask though. Um, Jody's question was based on how things have changed. And I've got a similar Question, but more related to believe to achieve. And I just want to know is it tougher to reach kids today? You've got the distractions of social media. You've got, uh you know, well, COVID, of course, but even before COVID, I- is it a tough job to try to touch these kids in a way that'll inspire them uh, for the rest of their lives?
2: Well, obviously, uh, gentlemen, it is more difficult. Because you're doing everything virtually, so you don't have that interaction. But, by the same token, our youth center. First of all, we don't charge anything to the children. They begin there at seven years old, and it's not a babysitting service. Parents know when they most of these kids come from uh, single parent families and impoverished backgrounds. The parents understand these kids are there to learn. They're there to have fun, but they're there to learn. If you can get them when they're young and shape their minds. Uh, good things happen.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, I can say that. But also, I do a lot of work for the Department of Correctional Services. I do a lot of prisons, and those there, it's more, much more difficult to work with inmates because uh, they've already they're already hardened criminals. Their mind is shaped one way. Now, I, I have experienced some success working with with inmates simply because I was one at one time, and so I can. Speak to them on their level, whatever it might be, and, and to communicate with them. But as far as um, our center goes, we've changed so many lives. We've been very successful. Yes, we're up against a lot. Remember, things are different today. And, and a lot of the rap music out there, and, and I'm not, I don't want to sound like I'm trashing rap, rap music, but so much of it sounds angry, and for good reason, these kids are angry. Right. But uh, by the same token, uh, uh, you know, they 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 are they 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 show a lot of, in a lot of them they show disrespect, they denigrate women, they glorify violence. Our children, starting at seven, year, eight years old, by the time they're fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, we have helped shape their minds, so they're doing good things with their lives. We have seen we have seen uh, incredible success through our center, and and we also teach. Um, uh, we're working with the police department for good relationships. Uh, we're working with, with 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 kids of different. Uh, we have uh, uh, obviously the the largest percentage are black, but they're Hispanic. There are indigenous. There are uh, a few white kids there, and, but like it's like a rainbow, the color of a rainbow. We talk about racial harmony. We talk about yes, we're different. But shows every color in the rainbow. But it's beautiful, isn't it? This is what we teach them. So we don't have a problem. As a matter of fact, we had a letter uh, from uh, uh, Maple Leafs, uh, Maple Leaf, uh, uh, what is it? The Maple Leaf Incorporated, whatever they uh, sports, uh, because they gave us a box, and we sent our kids down to watch a basketball game. A few weeks later, we, uh, later we, re- we 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 received a letter congratulating us. For our children, how well behaved they were, we were very proud of that. Right. Very proud. because we teach them. I teach them at seven, eight years old. When You shake a person's hand, look them in the eye. We get them on stage and teach them communication. We teach them so that they're not they don't fear public speaking. Now we're building to. Uh, Podcast students there. We're teaching them, and we have politicians come in and teach them, teach them all kinds of things about uh, politics. It's very important that they get involved in the political system. So we're we're, we're, we're succeeding because we got the right people, and they're all hand picked. All my people, staff, are university degrees. and and all of them have a love and compassion for young people. And I have a paid staff there. I'm I'm not part of the pay. I don't get paid, but they do get paid uh, because you want them there every day. It's a job to them, but it's also a passion to them. Exactly. To answer your question, I'm long-winded. Yes, it's difficult, but you know what? It doesn't matter how difficult it is. You can change people. You show them love, compassion. Show them the way to break down barriers.
1: Spider, this has been amazing. Before we let you go, can you tell our audience if they want to help your organization, how they can contact you?
2: Well, they can they can they can go to uh, spider jones at rogers.com spider jones at rogers.com they can go to our website uh, which is uh, believed to achieve dot ca and uh, anything you know you can reach me there anytime
1: fantastic man it's been such an honor to have you on the program we wish you every success uh you're you're still fighting but you're fighting for uh, something larger than yourself, and that that's just amazing. So we wish you every success, sir.
2: Gentlemen, thank you for having me on.
0: Tons of great stories there and a very interesting background. He has seen a lot yes. uh, by the sounds of it.
1: Yeah, you know, and I, I'm glad that he was able to open up a little bit about some of his past, on, you know, like growing up on the streets, the mean streets, and, uh, of course, the Muhammad Ali stories, uh, uh, he's obviously a very, still a very passionate 70-plus-year-old uh, and uh, doing some good work, so kudos to him.
0: Yeah, and again, you can find out more by going to believetoachieve.ca, I believe he said, and if you Google it, I'm sure you can find it, no problem. Well, Tony, that wraps up another episode. Of course, we got to thank John and the crew at Municipal Solutions for their continued support, and I'll give a plug for loony politics as well uh don't forget to use the code podcast and you will get 50 percent off an annual subscription you can do that at loonypolitics.com to access exclusive content like and another thing
1: and another thing and another thing jody we also want to thank poly track at polytrack.com for their continued sponsorship and our newest sponsor magnify at magnify with an i dot
0: yeah no, and uh, sorry, I got distracted there because I was just thinking about that. I sent Tony a picture of someone that went to the same high school of me as me back in the day, and i'm I'm still debating on whether or not I should post the picture on our Twitter feed, but i won't I won't say who it is, but it's someone who who uh, is well known in political circles and is on another podcast. My, my
1: and... advice, Jody, is as long as you post it with the right attitude, uh, I don't have a problem with that.
0: <laughs> it's a funny picture. If you uh, email us and we'll send it to you.
1: That's <laughs> good. A little, a little bonus for our thingalonians who are listening.
0: Exclusive content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Tony, we will do this again in seven days. You betcha.